You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. five in verse 18 notice what apostle paul tell the church at thessalonica in first thessalonians 5 and 18 they were going to first chronicles 16 first thessalonians 5 and uh 18 notice what the bible said he said in everything give thanks in everything give thanks in everything this scripture would be totally different if he told them in some things Give thanks. Nas up, that's to pick and choose what we're going to be thankful about. Because scripture says, in some things, give thanks. That ain't what Paul told them. Paul told them, in everything, give thanks. Now, he knew he had hit them with something that was going to be a tall order for a lot of folks. A lot of people, when they read this epistle, they knew immediately, I'm going to have to do some changing. Because I don't give thanks in everything. So it probably dealt with people's heart. Are y'all with me? And so notice he has to come back with the even more powerful statement after saying in everything give thanks he then says for this is the will of god in christ jesus watch them last two words for you for you don't expect everybody to live like this this isn't for everybody this is for you in everything you should give thanks. In everything I should give give thanks. Do y'all see it? In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. If I want to be in the will of God, I have to learn in everything to give thanks. If you don't give thanks in everything, you're not in the will of God. If you are a child of God, it is His will for us Two, in everything, give thanks. You know we need to be taught, but this is his will, right? For this is the will of who? God. This is the will of who? God. And if I want to please God, I got to be in his will. Amen? The best place to be, the safest place to be, is in the will of who? God. Notice First Chronicles. Because remember what he said now when we turn to First Chronicles. He said, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now notice First Chronicles. This is Old Testament. Notice First Chronicles chapter 16 and one verse there also. First Chronicles 16, 41. I forgot to do the Bible check. Some of y'all are turning. Amen. But let's hold up our Bibles. Y'all stop turning for me and hold up your Bibles. I need to do this. This is important. Hold up your Bibles. I want to see it all over the church. All right. Hold them up high. I can't. I can't. There you go. Now, I want y'all to look around. I want y'all to look around. Oh, that's a good sight. That's a good sight. Amen. Y'all like it? Y'all like that sight? Amen. Okay. We're working on getting something done. I want people to be able to see that little sight for a second. The Bible's being held up. It's just so good. Amen. First Chronicles 16. Good to have your Bibles. Your first time visitor didn't bring it. If you be back with us, we pray you do. Bring your Bible to church. Bring your Bible to church. Guess what? They teach the same thing at the youth church. Bring your Bible to church. Amen. I think we're setting up something so when they graduate 
from the nursery to the youth church, we're going to give them Bibles when they graduate from. So we're going to put that emphasis on Bible. So when they come out of the nursery and they head down to the youth church, we're going to bless them with Bible. So they're going to go down there with a brand new Bible. And um, and so, you know, it's like they graduated and go down to the youth church, be learning. Then they come to the come to the big church or to the adult church. Amen. Notice again, First Chronicles 16. Look at verse 41. Remember what Paul told the church at Thessalonica, for this is the will of God for you, for you. He ain't expecting this out of everybody. It's for you. It's for you. Notice what he says in First Chronicles 16, 41. And with them, he man and Jeduthum and the rest who were chosen, who were designated by name to give thanks to the Lord. Because his mercy endures forever. Remember what Paul told the church? He said, this is the will of God for you. Now we see in the Old Testament two men in particular who were designated by name to give thanks to God. That's a wonderful thing. And so my subject this morning is, again, living in thankful mode. Living in thankful mode. If you're going to always give thanks, it suggests, again, that you are living in thankful mode, M-O-D-E. But our subtopic is going to be designated to give God thanks. So the main subject is living in thankful mode. And our subtopic this morning, designated to give God thanks. And let's give him a hand of praise for our subject on this morning in our text. Amen. Can we clap a little bit louder? Just show more appreciation for the text as well as the subject. Amen. Important again, as I talked about on last week, to understand this word mode, M-O-D-E, living in thankful mode. And of course, when a person is living What I'm saying is that this is where we dwell. It is to get in a place, if you will, and to remain there, living in thankful mode. And, of course, mode is, again, a way of living or a way of operating. Mode is simply, again, a way of living or a way of operating. If you don't make living in thankful mode, a way of living or a lifestyle, you're going to find yourself, as I said last week, being a person who is up and down. You're going to find yourself being a person, when it comes to you being grateful, you are going to be inconsistent. And God has been too good to me for me to be found when it comes to being thankful or grateful and expressing it to him. He's been too good for to me for me to be found being inconsistent when it comes to giving thanks unto him. And, and the reason a lot of us were so quiet right then is because you already know if you're honest with yourself that, yeah, you have your thankful moments, but you're pretty much inconsistent when it comes to being thankful. 
Oh, yeah. There's a lot of you that when it comes to your job and your business and one area in which God chooses to bless you financially, it's been a long time since some of you just let him know, hey, I'm thankful for my job. Come on. It's been a while since some of you just just went before God and just said, hey, Lord, I want to just let you know I'm thankful for this job. I'm thankful. And you know you don't do it, but but when was the last time you complained about the job? See, for some of you, that's every day. That's every day. Only day some of you don't complain is on payday. That's the only time you don't complain about your job is on payday. Come on. And then some of us complain on payday. It, 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 it's not enough. Come on. It's not enough. But you have to check yourself. Because there are people, whether you like it or not, no matter how bad you say your job is, no matter how difficult you say it is to run your business, there is somebody who would love to have your job. Come on. There's somebody who would love to have the business that God has set you in charge of. Without even knowing the numbers that you're generating, they would just be happy to have their name attached to something that was birthed out of them. But yet you are not thankful. But it has been God, if the truth be told, who has sustained that business in times where you didn't know what to do. Come on. Some of you, God had not allowed your business to fail based upon what's happening in the economy. Because he told you to start that business. He, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. He told you to do that. And so he has continued to sustain you. And yet, you don't thank him for the business. Don't thank him for the job. Some of you prayed about a good church. You prayed about, God, get me somewhere where I can learn. Put me somewhere so I can grow. Teach me, God. Even if you got to correct me, I want to be a part of a good church. Then he sets you in a good church. Because understand the Bible. I know people think they pick and choose, but you don't. Because the Bible says he sets us in the church according to his will. See, if you do it right, it ain't where you want to go. It's where God sets you. It's where he puts you. And see, if you recognize, God, you put me in a good place, why don't you give thanks for your church? Oh, yeah, I'm coming your way. And I'm not afraid of you. Instead of always talking about what we don't do, why don't you give him praise for the things that we do do and we do it good? I said we do it well. Stop comparing us to a church that you really don't know nothing about. Stop trying to make us be more like what you think they do in Texas. See, it ain't your job to come here and try to make us bigger. We okay being small. We okay being who we are. Now, if God want to add, let him do it. Let him do it. But be thankful for your church. Come on. Be thankful for your pastor. Pastor. 
you should often say to God, Lord, thank you for a true man of God. He ain't perfect, but he's living what he preaching. And I want you to know I appreciate him. Keep using him. Keep having your way in him. And when folk talk about me, when folk talk about me, let them know that ain't going to move me. That ain't. Don't talk about my past. I'm thankful for that gift. I'm thankful for the way that man of God preaches. Seemed like he, he, he just rough sometimes. But I need it rough sometimes. That's what you don't understand. Be seated. But see, that worked both ways. I cannot expect y'all to be thankful for me, and I'm not thankful for you. Come on, and I'm thankful for y'all. I appreciate having good members. Me and Donna often talk about this. We are not a pastor or leaders who sit around with other pastors and leaders putting down their own congregation. We don't do that. We, we quickly let folk know, oh, we got some good folk. Whoa, I, uh, we, we let, oh, we blessed in Noonan. All them folk treat us so good down now. Now listen, that ain't 100%. You see what I'm saying? That ain't across the board now. But I don't let the attitude of one or two people cause me to lose sight of what so many others do for me. That they don't have to do. Just say, Pastor, we love you like that. But you are not a number to me. You're more than a number. There are preachers who people are just a number to them. They're just trying to get to a certain place. You are not a number to me. You are somebody I'm called to love, to lead. And everybody who submits to my leadership, I thank God for you. And I say it all the time. So stop poking out your lips if I don't call you by name. When I say I'm thankful for y'all, you part of the y'all. Is that right? Y'all see it in me. What I do, I give it my all. Regardless of what I go through, I don't come before y'all stale. Looking like I don't want to be here. You know the reason that is? Because I'm thankful for y'all. And I know some of you show up. And you need a word. You don't want me playing around with you. Pastor, we know you go through stuff, but you get in there and pray so you can come out here and feed us. Because there's one thing about folk eating good. Whoa, come on. Come on. You like it. You like, you like eating good. Come on. Some of you, you love when naturally when you eat it, you suck them fingers. Oh, y'all. Some of you don't just take your fingers and pick no neck bone. You suck neck bones. You suck meat off of neck bones. Some of us just don't eat collard greens with no fork. We have to smush. <laughs> Woo! And one thing, Donna don't like about me when I eat is that I scrape my plate. 
I bring it all in. <laughs> I just sit there for a minute, just scrape it. Yeah, I do. But see, understand this, and I got to move on. There are good people, good Christians, who would love to eat the way y'all eat. There are folk who go to churches, and they know the pastor is not qualified. He's only up there because his family put him up there. He's up there because four or five folk in the church, mainly deacons, run him. So he can't say really what God want him to say. And and, and they love to get fed the way y'all get fed. Because ain't nobody controlling me. I'm going to speak this word. Amen. But see, you got to learn if that's something you can appreciate. If that's something you can value. Because I found out in some churches, folk value when rebuke is coming, but it's for somebody else. See, some of you, when I hit certain stuff, you get real happy. Because, see, what you're doing, and it's childish, is that you're throwing off on somebody who you think needs to hear that. Don't think that that doesn't go unnoticed amongst mature folk. When I say certain stuff like, yeah, and people need to stop doing Oh, Pat, show you right. Yeah, they do. You ain't doing nothing but throwing off on somebody. And the reason I know you throwing off is because when it hits you, you don't act like that. You only act like that when you think it's for somebody else. And my married folks should, should really be saying, amen, Pastor Carl. We'll do that sometime. Whole word going for, you ain't even looking at me, you now looking at your spouse like, didn't I tell you? But when it comes your time, you <laughs> But when it is a mood, and it is not mode, but it is M-O-O-D, you're in a thankful mood, that's not for saints. That's the way sinners live. Because let me give you a definition for mood. Mood is something that is, number one, a temporary state. It's a temporary state of mind. Y'all got to get this. When you're in thankful a thankful mood, understand about that mood you're in, that it is a temporary state of mind. It is also a temporary feeling, which means that it's not permanent. This is not going to last. Now watch this real careful. How many know people in your church? People in your family and folk on your job who can be in a thankful mood, but you know them well enough to know this temporary. There are men who have to deal with women like that. Smiling from ear to ear. That brother not impressed? Why? She always do this when she get away. This is not going to last. Woo! You know, some women got that attitude. What have you done for me lately? Now, see, I don't need to be with nobody going to discredit what I did last year. 
Don't discredit it now. Because the necklace is still shining. Don't discredit it. <laughs> Y'all know I'm right about it. We know folks in our families like that. You, you finna get ready if the Lord is, is willing and he tarries, you finna get ready to be around some of them. Oh, they're going to be acting like the world is just, oh, oh, they're just so happy. But let one thing go wrong at that Thanksgiving dinner. And you're going to see how fast she changes. She was so happy. I go, what's wrong? She upset. What's she upset about? She said, nobody eating her screen beans. Oh, they think I don't see it. I'm sick and tired of it. They don't know how hard I worked on these string beans. I, matter of fact, I forgot to get them and got up out my bed late and went and got them string beans and was up, I don't know how long fixing them. And you come here and this is how folks here. This is how family is. They don't want them. Tell you what, that's all right. I ain't worried about it. Yeah, you are worried about it. But first of all, we done told you that you don't do string beans good. We done told, we told you stop doing string beans. You bring banana pudding until somebody in the family elevates you. You are banana pudding woman. Feed us till we won't no more. Because that's what you do well. But see, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching good. Because some people, they're looking for an excuse to swing or to shift moods. Do you hear what I just said to some of y'all? You look for things to get mad about. You're looking for something to get upset about. You have folk like that. I can't stand being around folk like that. Take everything I got. Because they're not happy until something is going wrong. They even bring up conversations at times where it's not appropriate to talk about that. One thing me and Donna learned years ago from vacationing is that if it is a vacation, there are certain things we don't need to deal with. Let's stay where we are. She'll tell you about me. If she want to get me going, all she got to do, if, if it's a vacation on Friday and we still on vacation and she gets talking about what we got to do the next day, Saturday, when we get back home, she know I don't like that. And I'll tell her, I say, stay, stay on vacation. I'll I, I be trying to drain it all. I need to last five hours. Let's just stay. Don't, don't go back to Georgia. We still in Texas. Let's just, let's get it all. Cause not knowing when to do certain things can cause you to be in a place you should, it ain't time to talk about that. See, some of you, you gotta learn that. It ain't time to revisit that. That's only gonna start an argument. Right? And you got a lot of saints, this is where, this is where some of y'all are living. It's a temporary state of mind. You thankful for what God gave you 
or for what he has given you, but it's temporary. All you got to do is see somebody that you really don't like who has better than what you have. And, and see that thankful spirit that you had, or attitude? See, now it's what? It's gone. Y'all, y'all notice what I said. Somebody that you really don't like. But see, that, that shouldn't be for a Christian. We shouldn't be jealous people. I'm going to say it again. We should not be jealous of one another. Neither should we be jealous of anybody. It's no place for it. The same God who blessed you if I do right by that same God, He will also bless me. I believe that. No need in getting all bent out of shape about what He's done for you. Because sometimes you'll get jealous of something somebody has that you're not prepared for anyhow. You ain't ready for that know-how. Now, y'all get mad when I teach like this. But some of you, you ain't ready for certain things. Stop getting jealous. Well, I wanted a car like that. But you didn't want the maintenance that came with it. You ain't ready for that. Complaining about oil changes that you paying twenty dollars for. Then to my your heart desire is, is such and such and such and such. They won't change the oil for less than three hundred. I mean, so 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 what are you really saying? You got twelve hundred square feet. One AC unit. Complaining about the bills constantly. What these utilities doing for you? But but you want to double your size. Ride by some big houses sometime. They got three, four units. Three, four units. Imagine that. Imagine one unit tearing up one month. Get it taken care of. <laughs> and then imagine next week up, upstairs ain't work. Got gotta go get go get. But you tell us though. Come on, yeah, tight, but it's right. See, now folks just looking at me. They are, they're just looking at me. He just don't want to see me with it. No, I just want you to understand what come with it. I got to move on, but when you go from 1,200 square feet to 3,000, that's a lot more cleaning. Oh, you just bragging it for, oh, we got four and a half baths. That's four and a half bathroom to clean. There's more toilets to clean. <laughs> There's more pipes that can leak. <laughs> I'm just giving it to you straight. I know you just ready to tell everybody about your four and a half bathroom.
See, God had to teach me that. Like I said, when I got my first good car and just needed a light bulb. I mean, Brother Hart, it was just a light bulb. Man told me the price. I said, man, I don't need you to do the front end. I just, I just need the light bulb change. I, yeah, I, I do it myself. Pop the hood out. I can't do it myself. They got it. I can't even get to it. And see, you know, oh, I got to move on. See, you know you're not there when you have a nice car. It breaks down and you got a shade tree trying to fix it. You ain't ready for that. You ain't ready for that. That's an Audi. That's an Audi. Your uncle drunk trying to work on an Audi. All he got to do is touch one thing. Your whole electrical system. Shot. You know what I'm going to say to you when, when, it, when it starts sparking and smoking? I ain't never seen one do that. <laughs> Have you ever worked on an Audi? Uh, what is an Audi? Where did it come from? But you see people doing that. <laughs> Listen, in most cases... In most cases, it's temporary due to trials and trouble. In most cases, folks are in thankful mood. Then that temporary place of being thankful, and in most cases, the reason it is so is because of trials or trouble. That's what moves a lot of Christians. That's what takes them from being thankful to being a complainer, trials, and trouble. Y'all know I'm right about it. If you're taking notes, understand, only mature Christians can truly live in thankful mode. It can only be done by a mature Christian. You say, Pastor, I don't know why I'm so up and down. I do, you childish. Now, now listen, see, y'all do that, but listen. See, I knew y'all were going to go that way. Give me the excellent opportunity to teach. When a preacher talks about people being childish, you can't always look at it like something bad. My grandson are two and three. I shouldn't have said ages. See what I'm saying? How old are they? God messed up. Two and four. I don't expect them to be 10 and 14. That's not a knock to them. They are babies. When a preacher talks about folk in the church being childish, you hear the, ooh, that's not always a bad thing. If you just got saved, what else can you be? You ain't born into Christianity mature. No matter how much, this is what confuses people. They have a position in the world that's, that's high. And then when they get saved, they want to come into church and, and, and still be. No, you, you got to come in like a baby. 
Because you've been born again and nobody's born mature. That's not a knock to you. Some of y'all better listen to me careful what I'm about to say. This is the reason as a pastor, if you want to irk me as a pastor, mess with visitors and new members. That's going to irk me. Because they don't know our way. They got to they gotta learn that. They don't start out running. They got to crawl. Come on. After they crawl. Come on. You ever seen a baby trying to walk? It's a real interesting thing. How they just look like they know they can take two steps. And they just, and you already know it, they just ain't there. But most mamas gonna do all the coaching you can. You come on, you come on to mama, you too, boo, boo, boo. You do, you do that thing too. And who knows what that means? But it gets the baby all excited. Take it first step, mama just, oh, mama just, oh, Jesus just came back. Anybody who wasn't there, you, you missed it. And they'll let you know, you can't ever get that back. I, I will, they took their first step. But guess what they're going to do, mama? In a few days, they're going to try two and three. After a while, you're going to hear this. Boop. Ah! What happened, Phil? Guess what? As an adult, you recognize this is part of learning to walk. Whoa, this is some good teaching today. Part of learning to walk when you've been crawling all your life is dealing with falling. Part of being mature is learning where you missed it, where you was wrong, what you shouldn't have did, what you shouldn't have said. All of this is a part of maturity. And see, I'm giving us some good teaching today because we need to get this mentality out of the church that everybody needs to be grown. You can't make people grow as fast as you grew. You can't make an immature person be mature just because you want them to be. Am I right, Senior Minister Gamma? Am I right? See, see, in the church sometimes we guilty of not trying to get folk to mature, to grow, but to be more like you. They're never going to be mature to you until they act like you act. See, something wrong with that. Come on. You, you don't look down on a person for being childish. Until it comes a point to where God or the Holy Ghost allows you to know they've been taught too well. Listen, to still be there. That was a starting point. You've been at this church now 10 years. You know enough to be better. She just came. She don't even know enough to be, to be better yet. But I like her spirit. I like her attitude. I like how she's excited. I like how she wants to learn. 
I love, I want to give me somebody that want to learn. Don't give me nobody think they already there. Come on, I told somebody this morning, I'd rather have a person on a scale of zero to ten who is a two and wants to learn than you giving me an eight and they know everything. Are y'all with me? This is some good stuff that we got to learn. Everybody in the church is not mature. And they shouldn't be. They got to grow. This is the part of it. They just got to grow. Amen? Immature people don't really take correction that good. They got to grow. They got to grow. She mad at me. Told her what she didn't want to hear. But I'm mature, so it's not going to move me. So I'm just going to let her stay there until she's going to come out. See, what, what I would be wrong going behind her, trying to bribe her to come out. Please, please, please. No, she immature. It's going to take a while. Her feelings got hurt. That's part of it. It's part of being mature. But as a mature person, you should be able to be told you wrong and say, hey, I received it. I received it. You're right. Everything you're telling me is right. You don't need to get a committee to tell me. You're right. Come on, somebody. Are y'all here? I'm finna move on. Are y'all with me? You don't need a committee. Some of y'all know for immature because to get them to see they wrong, you need a whole committee. You mean we're going to have to talk about this three hours? And this should have been a five-minute conversation? And you know for immature, too, and you correct them, and then they want to tell you who else did it. You know, I hear you, Pastor, but, uh, you know, just just so you know, Pastor, uh, so so-and-so do the same thing. I didn't know if you knew that. Matter of fact, she's worse than I am. <laughs> Who talking about so so-and-so? Y'all are laughing, but I am. You know people have this personality. You got men who don't want their wives to tell them when they're wrong, but the man already know he's wrong. Brother, what is he supposed to say? You right when you're wrong? Oh, let me be careful. I got to tell him he's wrong. Oh, Jesus, this ain't going to go good. You know how he act when you tell him he did, he didn't get it right. Oh, Jesus. I... Now, see, if y'all been married a year or two, oh, okay, shoot, I'm just going to tell you that part of it. You, just gonna, you got to go through that. You been married 15 years? And you still got to walk around like that with him? Y'all been married 40 years and he... Sometimes Donna tell me, you wrong, I just show you right. <laughs> show you right. <laughs> Don't get all upset. You were too hard. You shouldn't say that to that girl like that. She just, she just a child. She did that. Oh, shoot, you right. Let me go back here and apologize to the little girl so she don't have no attitude. <laughs> okay, now look at girl. I pop off. He just, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. We all right. When now I'll be back. <laughs> well, I got y'all for a minute. And I said, but it's going to get it. <laughs> pop off. Let me see your phone. We want to call now. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it. 
to grow. Only mature Christians can live in thankful mode. And here's my thing that I want us to realize is that you got to start somewhere, but you got to start progressing. You, you, you just have to grow. You're not going to start living in thankful mode. You're going to grow. Why? Because trouble is coming to disrupt where you want to be, how you want to think. Check this out. Even since I started teaching this living in thankful mode, a lot of us have been going through a whole lot. Stuff just been popping up, things just been happening, and you just been sitting there having to decide, am, am I going to stay in this thankful Am I going to live in this mode? And, and some of us have been finding ourselves doing this. Thank you, Lord. I thank you anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is well. I'm going to give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's going to be all right. Oh, Lord, they telling lies, but it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise you anyhow. Now, some of us have been like, I can't do it. I ain't there. James 1. I got to move quickly now to close it. James 1. But don't forget what I said. Only a mature Christian can truly live in thankful mode. So sometimes when you're seeing people in a thankful mood, having all these unjust mood swings, Sometimes it's due to them being immature. They just have to grow. At other times, you're dealing with hard-headed people who should already be there. But it takes a mature person to discern the difference. See, you have to be mature to know when others are mature or immature. You have to know who you're talking to. Right? You have to know who you're talking to. Well, Pastor, all I said to her was, but who did you say it to? Who did you say that to? That would have been okay to say that to so-and-so, but that's not okay that you said that to her. You got to know the difference. That takes maturity. Right? James 1 James, a bondservant of God in the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered, what? Abroad. Going through something, a scattering, a dispersion has taken place due to persecution. My brethren, count it all what? Count it all what? Count it all. When you fall into various what? Trials. Let me ask y'all something. Is that going to take maturity? Is that going to take some maturity? To fall into various different types of trials or trouble, but to count it. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, count it. Count somebody it. shout, count it. count it. He said, count it all joy. To count it is a choice. Things going to happen to you, and in that moment, you must choose to be thankful. You must choose to be joyful. That takes maturity. When you're young, things are happen to you and it throws you. It gets to you. It bothers you. But you have to grow. Come on. Look, look at Acts 8. I say you have to grow. And many of us now who are living in thankful mode, we need to be honest. We didn't get there overnight. We didn't get there overnight. You see people in this church right now, they handle trouble wonderfully. It just doesn't move them. But they didn't get there overnight. Why do some saints act like they got there overnight? You didn't get there overnight. 
telling that woman what she needs to do as a wife is just simple. You know, you took you years to become the type wife you are. To shut your mouth. Acts 8. <laughs> ah, I'm laughing at y'all wild. Ah. Now you just tell her, just, just pray. Just pray. Understand, she wants to pray, but she young. She, her, her lip jumping. She want to talk. There are some things mature people say to immature folk like, oh, this ain't that. No, think back when you used to. That took something for you. Amen? Don't get upset when pastors say certain stuff. Shoot, he, he done did me like that. You just got to learn. But see, that's going to take something for her. Oh, when you praise her, oh, God, she be so high when you praise her. But when that correction comes, it's going to take something. Acts 8. This is some good teaching today. It's going to take some. See, your supervisor sometimes going to criticize you. Can you take that? How long have you been around the company? How long have you been now? When are you going to learn that this man got some serious mental issues? I'm just being honest with you. That's the fool you worry. They got mental issues. Bad. Your supervisor bipolar. When are you going to stop allowing the way this man comes to work, behaves, affect how you do your job? You all better tell somebody around that young who getting all upset, just, hey, don't, just, just do your job. Just make sure you do what you do and do it well. You ain't got to talk about him and say this, that, no, but you done learned that this job got some problems. Come on, I had a supervisor get on me one time in front of everybody about my machine being down. This was years ago. Not the machine being down. So we just stand there talking, man. He come up. I want this machine running, Leonard. I done told him to get here. We got to get this stuff out the door. Now I'm tired of saying it. And he walked off. And all the guys around me were like, woo. Like, man, he just told you. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, I talked to him privately. I said, oh, I ain't moved by that. I said, he don't even recognize the machine tore up. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't read the paperwork from last night. And so he, he come walking back by. I said, hey. I said, I said, you got a minute? He came over there. He said, yeah, what's going on, Leonard? I said, let me tell you something. I said, don't you ever talk to me like that in front of people. I said, especially when you don't know what you're talking about. I said, I didn't get you in front of them. I said, but if you'd have done your job, which being supervised, when you get here, your job is to go check and see what's been going on through the night. I said, if you'd have did your job, you would have saw that my machine hadn't been running in a whole day. And so the reason it's not running because it's tore up and it's on a work order. And I said, but I'm going to let that go. I said, but don't, don't you ever do that again. He said, Leonard, he said, you know what? I appreciate how you handled that, not going off and stuff. He said, I appreciate it. He said, you're right. I didn't do what I need to do. I said, we good. I said, we good. And then he walked off. But see, that man had integrity for how I handled that. I didn't show out on him. But see, that's something I used to do whenever I worked up under somebody. I tried to learn what your job was. Before you come talking to me, I know what you're supposed to be doing, too. Come on. Acts 8 1. Yeah, don't just come down here thinking you're going to just show out because you make a dollar more. And sometimes that's all it takes for a supervisor to walk around there like Barney Fife. Come on, Barney, like he owned Mayberry. He had one bullet in his pocket. You look at me, you look at, you look at that in the grip. Barney, like he owned Mayberry. 
Wasn't even allowed to put bullets in his gun. <laughs> you have supervisors like that. They think they own the company. We need to get this done. We need to stay on top of this. We need to do. We? You mean me, right? <laughs> Acts 8.1. Now, now Saul was consenting to his death. He's talking about Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Except who? Except who? See, the apostles weren't scattered because at this time, they was mature. The only reason trouble didn't move them, only reason the persecution didn't move them, was because they had become mature. See, you're able to live in thankful mode when you are mature. You don't allow trouble to move you. Amen? Notice why that is so important as we close in First Chronicles 16. Because remember, Paul said in First Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you. Not everybody, but the Christian, a true Christian, should be striving to live in thankful mode. And if you'll look when he says you, y'all turn to First Chronicles 16. But in First Thessalonians 5 and 8, the you he was referring to was the brethren. He continues throughout that verse talking about the brethren, the brethren. That's how the brethren should be. All of us are not going to be on the same level when it comes to doing things, but we all need to be on the same page. Do y'all understand that? We all not going to be on. I don't expect y'all to be where I am in reference to handling trouble. No, God didn't call me to lead you, to teach you, to be an example to you. I don't expect you to be where I am, but I do expect y'all to be on the same page. I do expect you to be coming to church, receiving what I'm teaching, and growing. I would be a fool to think that Donna should be on the same level as me. No. Sometimes our thinking is different based upon uh, our maturity level. And I do consider her mature, but she's not where I am. Come on, are y'all with me? Don't look down on the person day where you at. We want you on the page. I'll counsel you, talk to you about how you let that trouble get to you and how you really need to handle it the next time. Hey, I'm good with that if you're immature. But if your big grown self just don't want to grow up, I'm going to rebuke you and then I'm going to keep moving. Come on, First Chronicles 16. I'm not going to want to hear all your excuses. You're too old to be that moody. I'm going to tell it to you like, it's, like it is. Now, come on here. You should be higher up on the page. I hope y'all receiving. First Chronicles 16, 41. And with them Heman and Jadutham, and the rest who were chosen, who were, notice this, designated by name to give thanks to the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever. Let me deal with these men two names, and then we're done. Number one, He-Man. He-Man. Designated. Now, I want y'all to think. Once they were designated, to give thanks to God. What do you think they went through? Can you imagine what they had to go through after being designated? By name to give God thanks. See, there's something God called you into. There's a cost to stay there. 
Am I right? Some of you, you're leaders for your family. You need to be an example for your family. So you're going to go through things sometimes so somebody in your family going to know how to handle that. And always know when you start walking this walk, this Christian life, there's always somebody looking at you. And they have a right to look at you. Y'all have a right to look at me. You have a right to look at how I handle things and, and, and so forth. My life, that's where I am. But understand, while looking at me, to be that example, understand, somebody looking to you. Somebody looking to you. There's a woman in here. There are younger women looking to you and your family for you to be an example by now. Am I right? He-man. His name means, these are two traits we need and then I'm done. He-man. His name means faithful. His name means faithful. See, when you get to the point to where you living in thankful mode, one trait you're going to have is that you're going to be faithful. You're going to be faithful. Faithfulness is more than just coming to church. You can be faithful coming to church, but not faithful being thankful. Why is faithfulness important? Proverbs 28. Y'all just hang in here. We're closing it real quick. Proverbs 28. Take a little bit longer sometime to really teach something. Or to make sure folk leave with knowledge and understanding. And that's my job today. Y'all got to leave here understanding some things. Proverbs 28, why is it important to be faithful? Why is it important to be faithful? He-man, he was designated by name to give God thanks. Why? Because one trait he-man had, his name means, again, faithful. Look at Proverbs 28 and 20. Y'all doing good. Hang in here. Proverbs 28 and 20. A faithful man will abound with what? A faithful man will abound with what? See, understand this. It's, It's impossible to keep a faithful man down. Being faithful doesn't exempt you from trouble. But you'll go through trouble and still get blessed. Come on. The reason some of us let trouble move is because we don't recognize the sovereignty of God. God can let you go through trouble, not move all that trouble you're going through, but in the midst of it, be pouring out blessings on you. Do y'all hear me? Causing good things to happen for you. In the midst of all hell breaking loose in your life, he's yet fulfilling a promise he made to you years ago. But you're going through all that, but you've been thankful all week. You heard something you didn't want to hear, but ever since you heard it, you've still been thankful and asking him, show me how to deal with it. I want to please you in how I respond. See, a faithful man, folks that do you wrong, don't, don't, don't get all been out of shape to the point where all you want is revenge. God will let people do you wrong, keep you around, and raise you up in front of them. You will actually see them fall while you go higher. Am I right about that? A faithful man will abound with what? Blessings. See, that's important. Now when we deal with Jeduthun, his name mean praising. His name mean praising. He was always praising. He was known for always giving God the praise. See, if you're going to live in thankful mode, we, if we're going to live there, we have to always be known for giving God the praise. 
And understand as I close, praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Some of you get to going through trouble and you ain't using your weapon. Come on. Praise is a weapon. Sometimes you're going to be at the house with all kind of things going on in your mind. And the only way you're going to overcome it, did y'all hear what I said? Not at church. No praise team at your house. No arguing at your house. But the only way you're going to overcome that thing that's just been coming consistently at your mind is for you in your house to give God a praise. For you to be in your house running around your kitchen telling God how much you thank him. And see, praise is a weapon. We learned that in Second Chronicle 20. Jehoshaphat and Judah, they put the praise team out front. The Bible say when they start praising God, God said ambush on the enemy. See, the only way to live in thankful mode, we got to be faithful and we got to always praise God. But again, in my clothes, this can only be done by mature saints. We grow to this. And the only thing Pastor Cochran is asking out of place of refuge nooner that no matter what level you own, continue to grow. Continue to grow. There are times mature people let move them what shouldn't move them. But what shows your maturity is how quick you recognize, hey, this shouldn't have did me like that. And you get back in the vein that you need to be in. But understand, concerning other people, y'all, we have to let people grow. And be willing to teach people how to deal with trouble. How to deal with it. Because some of you, you're like me. Not on the same level, but you're like me. There are certain things God can choose for you to do. You're going to always be going through something. Amen. Let's give God a praise. I'm done. Living in thankful mode. Let's rise to our feet and give our God a tremendous hand. Pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.